Welcome to Let's Get Our Ship Together, a queer women of color debrief on the latest in queer lady and POC representation in television and film. I'm Aphrodite. And I'm Amira. And this is a very special podcast episode, and I hope you can hear the difference. Because mm. uh, we will be recapping the latest episode of Charmed, but we're now officially using microphones. Yeah, like uh, legit microphones. Yeah, so like <laughs> there have been some times where we're editing the material, and it's just like the audio quality has been kind of bad, and we're just like, oh, should we go legit? We should go legit. And Amira came up with this brilliant idea to actually get microphones to record our podcast with. <laughs> so we are be- we're on our way to becoming like legit professional fangirls. I feel like we we're I think we're although I think we're kind of already professional fangirls. Oh yeah, we're nice definitely already get, professional like, fangirls. We're just mm. now professional entertainers. Oh. <laughs> to fellow fangirls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how I would categorize it. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway, so let's jump into this week's episode. So technically, we did get a little bit of grace in this week's Black Lightning episode, but we're not really going to cover it because Chantal Tweet once again, was not on screen and not even in a shapeshifter form. She was only on screen in flashbacks from l- the last episode. <laughs> so I cannot. I know. I know. It was, yeah, it was largely focused on other stuff. And there's like a lot of other things happening. There's moving pieces kind of culminating towards next week's season finale, um, which should be, you know, interesting, definitely very violent. I would not recommend you watch it, oh Aphrodite. Oh, God. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, so basically the only thing we got was Anissa sort of putting the pieces together. You know, Gamby mentioned something about, like, you know, figuring out that this person was a shapeshifter after Anissa described the incident to him. And he was like, you know, shapeshifters can be really dangerous, maybe – if the shapeshifter has grace, she could be in danger. And then later when Anissa was talking to Jennifer about something else, you know, you could see her thoughts through the flashbacks and of her putting the pieces together and being like, oh, wait a minute. What if grace is the shapeshifter? And the entire audience was like, we know. (laughs) (laughs) We've known for like months now. (laughs) They're all finally caught up. Um, But now Anissa is like, oh, okay. She probably ran away because she didn't think that I would understand or blah, blah, blah. So Hopefully that means that we'll see her in the finale. I'm hoping that it'll be like, oh, oh Grace God. comes to the rescue and helps in the final battle. But I don't really think that's going to happen. So but what if she's not in the finale? I, I think that we should prepare ourselves for that possibility. Oh, my God. It's Pierce family centric. Of course. Fine. So I'm happy about that. And, you know, there was a really interesting scene in this episode where Jefferson was kind of laying down the rules of – using powers Mm. uh, with his daughters. And um, later on, he had kind of like a philosophical debate with Jennifer about powers and people who have them. And, you know, why should the people with powers decide like who lives and who dies? And this show is like, it's getting deep in some areas that I'm really enjoying. And then there are other areas where it's just sort of barely skimming the surface of something. And I'm like, wait, you know, maybe there's something there, go deeper or, you know, don't, don't address it at all if you don't have the screen time for it. So Mm. anyway, but yeah, so right now it seems like the finale is headed towards like a bunch of people are trying to kill Tobias. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. So we're going to see what happens there, but because that's like the, the focus of that episode. That's why I doubt Grace will be in it. Unless, again, unless it's like she comes in to try to like help them in the fight, which I don't see any reason for that to happen because she doesn't even know 
about all of that. So Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing that often happens with like plot B or worse plot C storylines mm-hmm. uh, where they, you know, drag their feet to give us answers, but they know that there's a very small number of fans extremely dedicated to the plot B, plot C. Mm-hmm. And they do this with queer storylines too, which oh, is yeah. that we get our version of the season finale an episode or two beforehand. Oh, I don't you're know right. If, you're I right. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but for example, on the bold type, Cat and Adina, remember that cliffhanger where Adina gets on the flight without Cat? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it was a couple episodes before. Before the finale, yeah, you're Correct. right. You're um, right. And so, I mean, it's it's sort of like trying to wrap up a storyline that they know matters, but is definitely not plot A. Right, so they don't want to give it screen time in the finale where they have, quote-unquote, more important things to which is why, I mean, which is always frustrating because sometimes as I'm watching shows, I always keep track of how close we are to the season finale because Mm -hmm. that basically will predict the rest of the storyline. If they give you a big event in the third-to-last or second-to-last episode for plot B, nothing else is going to happen. So, I mean, I'm obviously really disappointed by the fact that, like, we could have wrapped up this season of Black Lightning and still only gotten the amount of Thunder Grace that we got. Yeah. I don't know, but like like we've been complaining about this all season, you know? I like we were so excited at the beginning and I want them to like deliver. Like can we expect something else in season 3, but also like did we get more in season 1 than we got in season 2? At, at this point I don't even know. What yeah, to I almost feel like we got a little bit more in season 1 just cuz they were kind of planting the seeds of that whole thing, but mm-hmm. um yeah, in terms of like actual like, you know, if you were trying to quantify it in like actual screen time, yeah. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but but more than just actual screen time, lines. Actual mm-hmm, lines mm-hmm. where the actress is speaking them. I'm almost certain she had more lines in season one than in season two. I would agree with that. Yeah, because there are so many scenes where she and Anissa are together, but Anissa's doing all the talking and she's just sort of listening. Mm-hmm. Or when she's a shapeshifter, somebody else is talking. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. Or we just get her reaction when she looks in the mirror or when she's about to change, but we don't have her say anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's also frustrating is that so much of her character's backstory is being explained by other people who are not her. Like I know. Yeah. Gamby it's all like, things. you know, plot exposition. I like show, not tell. And I don't like exactly. being told by people who are not the character in question. Let queer people speak for themselves. And I like your idea of having, I would love, you know, likely would be next season obviously they're not going to do this for the finale but i would love an episode of grace's backstory just like showing again showing not telling you know all of her like growing up and figuring out that she has these powers and blah 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 like everything from her point of view and yeah i think the pattern right now and i have to say it's lazy writing lazy writing is having dialogue explain events and like crucial character developments explained through dialogue or or like just things that characters are saying instead of showing us the scene. So I'm frustrated, but I, I'm, I'm obviously not watching as closely as you are. I'm basically waiting for scenes where Chantel Toy is in them. Yeah, but, you know, honestly, depending on right now, I'm not really sure how I'm feeling about watching this show in general, like watching the next season. You know, I'm going to finish off this season. There's only one more episode, but I, I'm going to see when the next season starts. Yeah. Kind of how it goes and how I feel about it. I yeah. might end up dropping the show or at least doing what you do and just watching Thunder Grace recaps. Right. 
I mean, the reality is, you know, obviously we can reassess if by some miracle we get Thunder Grace in the season finale. But the reality is also that, like, we're in a time when we actually have more representation than we have time to cover on this podcast. And that we don't have to settle for plot B or plot C when we have plot A in other spaces. Right, exactly. Um, although I would argue that Charmed is, like, still being a little bit cheap with us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's dive into that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's start talking right about Charmed. I have so many feelings about this episode and I don't even know where to begin. Well, no, I do know where I want to begin. How did we get all that fucking hetero straight sex scene shit? Oh my God. I know. know. No lesbian action. Why can't we just watch Mel and Jada going at it? I don't understand. We don't need yeah. to see all the potato business. Give us that shit. Give us Especially the goods. because it's not telling us anything new. You know, we already know that Maggie and Potato are going to be having that, like, lovey-dovey whatever sex. And, like, we don't need six different shots <laughs> of them oh my fooling God. around in the bed to oh know that. God. You could have just – you could have not shown it at all, frankly. But really, only one of those shots would have sufficed. And in the meantime, I'm actually legitimately curious about Mel and Jada because I'm like, you know, is this more of like an angsty, like, you know, fucking versus making love kind of thing? Like, is there something there feeling wise? Like, I want to see that because I want to know, is Mel actually really fully into Jada? Because as we saw in this episode... She may still be harboring some feelings for Nico. Not may. She definitely is. But like, you know. This could be one of those like fix-it scenes that a fan could write where they write a scene where Mel and Jada are going at it like super hardcore and then like Mel is having a flashback thinking about Nico. Mm. Or like all of a sudden, you know, as they're like moving around the apartment, like the Cure album falls onto the floor. Yeah. And and then suddenly she's thinking about Nico and then she's like lost for a minute and then Jada's like, well, like what happened? And then she's like trying to, to, you know, pretend like she's not thinking about Nico. Yeah, Um, I agree. You could have had a very sexy scene. And so this is definitely some hetero double standard bullshit that we're seeing because all Mm -hmm. the extended love scenes between Potato and Maggie, both at the beginning of the episode and at the end of the episode, that honestly pissed me off because it was like excessive on both ends of the episode, beginning and the end. And then they got plot A treatment again. Yeah. And the bias isn't just straight. It's it's specifically Maggie and Parker because Macy and Galvin had sex, and that was Macy's first time. That was something they were building up to for a while, and they didn't show us that. Not that I'm complaining, because I definitely do not want to see any more heterosex scenes. But I'm just saying, like, from the writing point of view, or, like, let's say that's something that I was into, wouldn't that be something more important to watch? Like, to show? Yes. Is, like, you know, Macy, like, tentatively approaching this, Galvin, like, giving her time to... You know, it could have been sort of like the one day at a time episode where right. Elena had sex for the first time. Yeah, but it's no, they just showed us Maggie and Parker and it's just like, ugh. It's ex- exactly. It's like the more important character development that could be taking place during a love scene is not being shown. And I right. have to say one more thing that disappoints Please. me about this. <laughs> the fixation on uh, Parker and Maggie's bodies as sexual bodies, they've chosen the lightest skin people. Exactly. I was going to say that too. The, the the white dude and the light skin sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they showed 
them having sex. And there, that, there is absolutely nothing radical about two, seeing two white, light-skinned people having sex. We see that all the time. But you want to know what's fucking radical? Showing brown bodies, brown queer bodies having sex. Yes. That's what we're yes. here for. Absolutely. I'm like yeah. so charmed. If y'all want to be like woke or whatever, like get it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I don't know. I mean, I know that both the actors and the characters are over 18, <laughs> but it's just <laughs> weird to me that it was like the youngest ones that they're showing in such detail. I'm like, this is, I don't know. It was just weird. It was just, it made me very uncomfortable. That scene mm. definitely 100% made me uncomfortable for multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, and I, I really had to look away. I was like, I was like looking at my phone and like doing other things. And then finally I look up and I'm like, oh my God, is this still going on? Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's way too long. I thought about like tweeting something nasty about this. <laughs> um, I really did. And then I was like, but I don't want to give them any more attention because I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. already so mad about how much attention they're already getting. Mm-hmm. Um, like first with that golden retriever bullshit from last oh, yeah. week that I'm still not over. Even right now, the fact that we're talking about straight I, people on a podcast that's for queer women of color pisses me off. I was just going to say, I know. Yeah. But it, it is a problem that needs fixing in our eyes. Yes. So. Okay. But let's focus on our ships of interest because mm-hmm. we have so many key developments happening between Mel and Nico and Jada. And yeah. I don't know what the fuck to think. What is Endgame anymore? I don't, I don't even know. know. Yeah, and I kind of like that they're keeping us on our toes, but at the same time, I'm like, this is so stressful. So let's let's start at the beginning of the episode because we're getting a lot of information from all of the interactions, I feel Each like. Each scene, yes. Yeah, so it opens with <laughs> Mel and Jada have decided to take care of Jada's shoulder wound the old school way <laughs> where she just like drinks and pours liquor on it as they try to clean it. But Jada suggests that um, the people after them were witch hunters. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, oh, was Nico hired by witch hunters? Did she know this? But also in this scene, you know, Jada continually is trying to coax Mel to the Sarkana side, you know, to be against the elders and tells her that there's an Arcadian smoke screen spell that Mel could have used to hide Nico from the demon that was after her. But obviously the elders didn't tell her about it. And you can really see Mel's reaction in that scene. She's like crushed just by the possibility that she could have kept everything the same and stayed Mm -hmm. with Nico. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were even saying at the time she didn't explore all of her options. Mel, I mean, Mel has to accept some responsibility for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, But before we get to that, I liked when Jada said, you eternal sunshine her. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that reference. Yeah. Um, and that moment when uh, Mel tries to reassure Jada that it's over, but like Jada doesn't buy it and we don't mm-hmm. buy it. No, no one's buying it. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> the whole episode, you can see Mel's frustration and regret and pain. You can see it on her face and that she's mm-hmm. trying to like, she's trying to keep it together because she's obviously dating Jada now. And I think they're officially girlfriends or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Nico's been calling them. 
Yeah. Like referring to like saying your girlfriend. So it seems like Jada's fine. We were worried about her life. She's perfectly fine. They figured out that whoever has hired Nico has somehow duped Nico into thinking that they're um, Jada's parents when they definitely are not. And then in the scene after that, that's when Nico says, I don't know why a background check didn't flag this uh, when I took on the case, but this is on me. And she finds out who the actual people were who hired her. And there's some like kids a real estate mogul that, that um, the Sarkana screwed over. Yeah, yeah. So Jada hexed their dad to give away all of his money, and now they want revenge on her because they didn't get their, uh, uh, you know, full inheritance. But also in this scene, we're seeing that Cure album or whatever connection yeah. that uh, Mel and Nico are having, and Jada is clearly getting jealous. So I do think that this is, like, definitely a serious, a more serious relationship between the two. Because um, Jada doesn't strike me as the type of person to, you know, show jealousy if it's like a casual thing. I don't think she was that jealous. I think she was poking fun. She was because uh, like because they both said obviously best album ever, and I just like oh my god, like my heart <laughs> broke when that happened. Oh um, my god! Obviously, Mel pauses and stops time, and then she's like, "Oh, your girl." Like, like yeah. Jada refers to Nico as Mel's girl. By the way, Nico looked fine as hell. Oh, she's looking in this good episode. These, these episodes. Oh my yeah. god! Like her skin was dewy and glowing, and she had like waves <laughs> in her hair. Um, I'm just like I'm just like stating the obvious, which Nico's right. like super hot, and I'm like Mel, how are you resisting this? How are you keeping this together? I have no idea how Mel kept it together um, <laughs> during this episode, but like I mean, barely apparently, barely, yeah. Like her face gave everything away. Mm-hmm. So, but Jada started referring to Nico's like Mel's girl. She was kind of like being like a little cheeky and trying to poke fun. I think she was jealous, but not in an unhealthy, no, like, I don't not think in a it toxic was, way. No, I don't think it was a toxic way either, but I, it it did kind of strike me as like, you know, when you, you actually feel that way, but you're sort of like, you tease the person just to sort of mm. blow it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was yeah. like, there was something there. I mean, it, she was also making, it was like her facial expressions, like when it was happening, you know, not just what she said uh, to Mel. Yes. No, so right. I think that she's, She's kind of on to Mel still having feelings for Nico. But more than that, after this scene, I'm thinking that Nico has some feelings for Mel. What? I, I don't what? know. I just feel like there's something – not like not like something definitive that even Nico herself would be like, oh, I'm into Mel. But just like, you know, they had that connection. That Yeah, they had the spark, the, the eye contact, the smile, you know. So I just – I feel like Nico is – you know, probably would not allow herself to yeah. like fully she's, think that out. Yeah. And like she that line, trust me, Mel, I will keep your girlfriend safe. Right. She's right. like she's stating that she respects this boundary mm-hmm. and she respects their relationship and that she's there for Mel as a friend, which mm-hmm. also still very swoon worthy. Um, it is. It's like chivalrous. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh my gosh, Nico. Oh, so we get this scene, which is, of course, the first time we see all three of them interacting in a scene together. Amazing. And then in the next scene, they're, like, heading into the car, all three of them, oh uh, to go on this mission to, like, get the real estate mogul's kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Mel offers to sit in the back because she's like, I can't sit next to <laughs> I can't sit next to Nico. Right. Jada needs to sit next to Nico in the front because I cannot sit next to her. And then when she opens the back door to the car, all these bridal magazines come pouring out of the car. The look on Mel's face when she says, you're getting married? 
Mm-hmm. And and then of course Nico is just like yeah her her fiance Greta who she initially in in like alternate universe left for Mel. Yep. They're still engaged, which is what we were afraid We were wondering. Of. Yeah, yeah. We were afraid that she would still be engaged and that they're going or they're, already married. <laughs> or already married. But I mean is there still an opening here? Like, well, she said they're getting married in the spring, which if this is supposed to be taking place at the same time as we're watching the episodes is very soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they're posing it as like, oh, there's still a chance, you know. There's no time. There's no time. What's going to happen? Oh. Here's what I'm thinking. What if it's like the super dramatic, like 70s style Mel interrupts the wedding? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm not hoping for it. It just—it's just like an outlandish thought that crossed my mind, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Could you imagine? No, I don't know. I do feel like they're trying to tease us with this because it's like, okay, on one hand, yeah, the wedding's right around the corner. How could Mel possibly stop it? But on the other hand, it's really obvious she still has feelings for Nico, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit unfair of her to kind of string Jada along yes. this whole time. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're gonna but, see. But like. I'm not even sure that Melko is endgame because at this point in time, why would Mel fuck up Nico's life? Nico's mm-hmm. already planning to get married to Greta. And she seems to be excited about getting married, in fact. Um, yeah. And who knows? Maybe her relationship with Greta is different in this universe than mm-hmm. what it was before. I don't know. I she, Like, Mel right now is directing her anger at Charity and the Elders. and And, like... Like, that's that's sort of fair, even though, obviously, she really should have explored all alternatives before resorting to cha- rewriting history. If you love someone, sometimes you got to let them go. Uh, and that's not me saying I want Melko to not happen, but at this point in, in Nico's life, for Mel to just sort of disrupt her yeah. plans just seems really unethical. Well, yeah, no, it does. It does. And obviously, it wasn't ne- – or, sorry, it wasn't Mel's fault that she – got put back in Nico's life or that they crossed paths once again. But yeah, I do think that maybe after they solve this whole close the case of like the people who were after Jada, which I guess they did in this episode, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so now it sort of seems like they're just going to go back to not knowing each other or like, you know, not interacting with each other. Right. Cause they even have an ex- a reason to be interacting now that the case is over. Like the case is closed. What reason does Nico have to be in Mel's life at this point? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of that would be, like, super dramatic, um, but I would be, like, living for it, would be if Nico came to her and was like, you know, I can't put my finger on it, but you're just, like, really familiar to me. Oh, my you know? God! Like, had some sort of, like, remnants of those of those memories. That's just, like, my fantasy. I just, like, I'm, like, desperate. I'm, I'm definitely 100% a Melco shipper. I'm not anti-Jada, but I just, like, really am feeling... Malco, you know? Yeah. It's funny because I, like, some people have told me that they didn't feel the Malco chemistry, but they felt the Mel and Jada chemistry. And, like, I actually think Mel and Jada definitely have, like, hot attraction sex chemistry. But, like, the girlfriend vibes and, like, the feelings vibes, like, when they both said best album ever to The Cure, like, that was a, there's something there. I think there's a softness in Mel when it comes to Nico that I don't see when she's around Jada. Also something that you mentioned on a previous episode of our podcast still rings true, which is that with Melko, we didn't see the meet cute initially, right? They were already together and they were already pretty settled in their relationship. Yes. So we're not like, you know, some people would say like, we don't 
see the chemistry or whatever, but it was a pretty realistic depiction of people who are that far into a relationship. That's to be, true. To be honest. And with Jada, we saw the meet cute. We the meet cute the, was not cute. It was just it was intense. A, exactly. Yeah. The sparks <laughs> were flying. But now in this, in this last episode, we got to see sort of a meet cute for Melko. Finally. Yes. Um, because they did meet before they interacted um, where, you know, Nico didn't know who Mel was, but it wasn't quite the same thing. And now with this, it was just with that album, really, it was like the whole moment. But, you know, we kind of saw the sparks flying a little bit and the potential for, you know, that being a really cute or shippable relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that those people who, you know, felt that Melko wasn't as shippable as Maleda mm-hmm. may change their minds. Yeah. Well... There was also that that moment when they're like outside the car and she's holding those wedding magazines mm-hmm. and Mel is clearly distraught and and then like Nico's just sort of sharing like yeah like Greta wanted to do the whole courthouse thing but I'm like no way people fought too hard for us to not get married and then she says but never mind I shouldn't talk about my personal life um, yeah. and she like sort of tries to rein it back in so it's almost mm-hmm. as if like Nico when she's around Mel just sort of lets her guard down. And and then has to remind herself to put it back up. Yeah, so yeah. Nico is and, clearly softening up. Oh, for sure. And that comment she made about the wedding, too. Thank you for reminding me of that. Because I feel like, remember before, we were like, I'm not really sure how they got together in the first place. Because I feel like Mel would be anti-establishment, anti-cops, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be dating a cop would be a little... We weren't really sure like how that started. Um, so now it's like, we're kind of seeing like Nico's, you know, opinions and ideologies and like Mel is totally into it. And I think Mel even got like a little taste of like, oh, you know, that's what I've always loved about her. And we got to see for the first time. That's what she's always loved about her. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the Jada and Nico comparison is also like a political one and one Mm. that I think a lot of queers find themselves in where they're sort of drawn to (laughs) separatist ideologies Yeah. um, at the same time that there's like comfort and pleasure and enjoy in traditions. But there are some things that are really appealing about a quote unquote more conventional relationship Mm. or more stable, I think um, you could say uh, lifestyle, one that she might have had with Nico. So I can see mm. how Mel feels caught between these two types of queers. Um, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are two different types of queers that she's interested in. And I think a lot of queer women and, and like leftist queer women of color often find themselves in this position where they feel pulled in both directions. Do I want the sort of stability of like being in a relationship or being in a marriage or do I want to like, you know, go off and like become this radical separatist witch? Like, and you know, and like <laughs> and, and, a question I've asked myself many a time. Right? And it's also enhanced by the fact that, you know, with Nico, as of right now, she doesn't she probably wouldn't want to tell her that she's a witch. Although now that Galvin knows, I feel like it's Galvin knows and Maggie's guy knows. So like I don't see why point. Nico wouldn't be able to know if, if they ended up together. But anyway, I, I do feel like that's one aspect of it for Mel. You know, I mean, Jada's like deep in this witch shit, you know, like she's, <laughs> she's, she's in way deep. <laughs> she's so deep. And yeah. so like the, another important thing that happened is Mel's decision. Mel has decided to divest from the elders because she goes to Harry 
Oh, well, I guess I skipped the whole scene where she and Jada like do their magic and then they fight the the two kids. The real estate mogul kids. They're a good team. They're a good team together when they when mm-hmm. they, um, when they fight and stuff. We, and Jada we, shows her how to use her time magic. Exactly. So yeah. like Jada basically opens her eyes up to all the ways in which the elders have been keeping Mel from using her powers. Mm-hmm like limiting her abilities and putting boundaries on them when Mel is capable of doing far more. So that adds on to it. In addition to, you know, she's starting to wonder, well, why would the elders not stop her from doing that history rewriting spell? Like Mel asked Harry if Charity might have knowingly withheld information about the Acadian smokescreen because Mm -hmm. she wanted to keep Nico out of the Charmed One's lives. Mm, and Harry answers honestly by saying, yes, it is possible. Which you got to give him credit for being honest. You got to give him credit, although he kept trying to remind her, like, the elders are good people. I'm like, fuck that. Listen, this is what you get from, like, white male allies, right? Yeah. He's he's in, like, the women's studies department. He knows his shit to an extent. Mm -hmm. But now it's like when it really comes down to brass tacks, Harry, whose side are you on? Yeah. Macy decides that she's going to tell Charity about what's going on with her demon blood situation. And Mel Mm -hmm. is like, no way, we can't involve the elders, we can't trust them. And so Mel making this decision to divest from the elders and this decision to, like, not be on the same page with her sisters is kind of a big development. And I don't know what that's going to lead to next because whenever the sisters have not been in agreement or whenever they've been sort of disrupted, it's... It's whenever there's been some kind of rift mm-hmm. uh, in our trio, it's limited their powers. Yeah, of course, because they need the power of three. Yes. And so now they've only got the two because Mel's like, F this. I'm not going to support you in involving the elders because I don't trust the elders. And part of her distrust is because of how she lost Nico. I think she's angry and pointing fingers at the elders, even though I, th- I think Mel still needs to own up to the fact that she really rushed into making that decision. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, And I understand and appreciate her point of view regarding Macy and that like, you know, she's where I mean, like, look, she brought up the good point of what the elders did last time someone had demon blood or was possessed by a demon. um, And they just said, kill them, you know, like, that's what it takes. So obviously, I don't think that they would want to do that to a charmed one, especially because Macy's not full on possessed or demonic yet. But, like, I get where Mel's coming from, but at the same time, you know, I I feel like it's, like, a very clear case of her body, her choice, you know? I mean, this is Macy's life, yeah. so I feel mm-hmm. like she's the only one who can make yes. this decision, and I was a little bit disappointed by Mel's reaction to that. But, again, it was understandable, but I was I was just, like, a little bit put off. So here's one of my predictions about the Sarkana and Jada specifically. Mm-hmm. I think that Jada is sort of, like, coaxing Mel in, showing her some magic that she knows Mel would be into and not think that it's bad at all. And then slowly sort of up the game. Because I do think that the Sarkana gets into some like really dark shit, you know? Hexes on humans, it's still not cool. Like Yeah, it's not cool. Even I mean, you know, it's like she'll show it to Mel because they're doing it on a date rapist. And so Mel's like, oh fuck yeah, that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, you still wonder, like, how far do they go? Where do they draw the line? Do they draw the line at all? Yeah. And, you know, in the meantime, the elders are setting such rigid rules that it's sort of arresting their potential and progress. Mm. I can see why Mel is sort of drawn to the, like, almost like anarchist side. <laughs> because yeah. even as a human, that that's like what she was into. 
yeah, we're going to see how far it goes and how far Mel will go mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I think there will be a breaking point because right now both Mel and Jada are behaving as if they can be true arbiters of justice. That's really not what justice looks like. You don't get to individually decide oh, who, right. how someone gets punished. That has to be a community decision. And like a community decision can come from lots of places, but like you individually getting to decide what happens to other people because they did something bad. I think you're right that it will probably escalate. And then at some point, um, Mel may draw the line and then find herself on the other side of wherever Jada is. And if that happens before Nico gets married. Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> I, I just don't see a way for Mel to get Nico back without behaving really, really unethically. And I don't think she would do it. But what did she do the first time? I mean, it was the same thing. They oh were engaged. God. Yeah. Fair, and Nico fair. left. So it's like, what I, I don't know if Mel behaved unethically or Nico just found herself having these feelings. And because Mel was single that time around... Oh. Um, it wasn't as bad, you know, maybe there was no cheating involved. Nico just like decided, oh, I have feelings for another person. I should end this relationship. But now that Mel is with somebody else, you know, both of them seem to be ethical people. So I think that maybe Nico is like, oh, you know, I, it, it's not an option. So, so that's what I'm saying. If Mel, if Mel, you know, <laughs> just burns that bridge I just, with Jada <laughs> before the wedding. I just, I'm like. I'm really worried about Melko. I'm just really, really worried. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Mira, I am choosing help. to believe. I am a believer. Oh my okay? God. That's okay. it. I'm a Melko shipper. Until that ship sinks, I am a Melko shipper. All I'm right? Just, like, I just need to know, like, somebody has to chart out the course. It's like, it's like we're on the ship, but there's fog <laughs> everywhere. And there's icebergs. Waters. <laughs> icebergs. All over. We could crash. I have no idea where we're heading, and I don't see a clear path forward. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And well, it's to really be fair, dangerous. the Malaita ship is in the same situation. If, <sighs> if this is the metaphor we're going with. <laughs> I feel like the Malaita ship is, is, you know, maybe even seems to have a clear path, but in reality does not. But they're still they're trying leaving to make it, it seem... ambiguous. But what we're getting is, like, the Sarkana aren't purely good, but... Also, the elders aren't purely evil. I don't think they're going to paint either the Sarkana or the uh, the elders as good or evil. I think it's going mm-hmm. to. I think it's going to be actually a little more balanced than that. I okay. think the Sarkana are going to be shown to have made some mistakes, but to be rightly criticizing the choices of the elders. Uh, okay. And like, and I think we're learning the, the ways in which the elders do good and the ways in which they've done harm. So I think it'll end up being a little more balanced. And that's why I still feel like Maleda has more of a path forward than Melko does. Um, mm. And that's why I'm so scared. It's supposed to look like that. We're supposed to think that Maleda has a clearer path forward, even if there is some ambiguity there. I think that they're trying to create tension between the two ships. Oh, and and we're going to see which one comes out strong. But, oh my god. I don't know. I'm still, I'm on the Melko ship. I don't know where you are, but. I'm on the Melko ship. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just scared. Of, I'm scared <laughs> to be on this ship. The ship is sinking. No, no, no. It's not. It was before when Nico wasn't there for a long time. Oh. We thought it was, it was lost at sea. But <laughs> it was recovered. It's intact. Okay. So, okay, I'm just really, really nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. I have a lot of like 
anxiety. Also, like, Nico looks so good. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I know you're into that. I know. <laughs> looks looks, <laughs> sorry. I'm no, just, like, okay. I'm craving that, like, I mean, I was spoiled early with all the Gaijin representation. And so now I'm just, like, really thirsty for it. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jade is hot, too. Like, everybody's hot. I'm, like, I'm not complaining. Okay. Whew. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like, I got to calm down. No, um, it's okay. You it's got okay. me all worked I hope, up. I know. I know. I hope we can handle the rest of the season, but we'll see in any case if, <laughs> if this is still going to be like a story that's progressing, like with Nico um, and not just like about the witch stuff with Jada, if it's actual relationship stuff moving forward with both ships. Best case scenario is that we get this angst for like more than one season. Maybe Jada is a recurring character, but Nico yeah. keeps coming back in like mm. different storylines or she and Mel developed a friendship or, or something like that. And she keeps coming back into the picture somehow. And so we get a little bit more of this love triangle action because right now it's not a love triangle. It's like Jada's into Mel, Mel's into Nico and Nico's engaged to Greta. Yeah. So it's just like four dots in a line. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a good theory, but remember the clock's ticking on this wedding. I feel oh. like that's the deadline. I don't I don't think that Nico no, would leave right. Greta if they're already married. She also didn't let on and she doesn't have any reason to let on that that she and Greta might be having problems because she's not opening up like that with somebody that she's working a case with, right? Mhm. Mhm. Why would she? So we don't know what her what the situation is with Greta. I assume that they were on the rocks, uh, which is why Mel was able to like sort of swoop in. Um, I'm hoping the, the first time around, we just don't have enough information. But okay, some questions have been answered. Actually, a lot of questions were answered. Now we found yes. out who hired Nico. We found mm-hmm. out that Jada's okay. We found out that Nico's still engaged to be married. These were all questions we had before, and they were all answered. Yes. So all of them we are grateful answered. for that. Yeah. Yes. We like getting our questions answered. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a nice feeling to get some resolution. And, you know, you you were, you had mentioned, you know, several, um, like several weeks ago, like who is actually hiring and paying Nico to work this case? Yeah. Like who is it? Is it actually I knew, I knew it not? couldn't have been her parents. I knew it. Yeah. Oh, God. But, and we also know that Nico doesn't know about any of the witch shit that's going on. But doesn't she? Because she was Googling that shit, remember? Um, yeah, but I feel like she doesn't know that it's, like, real. I don't know. I feel like... Okay, we can, we, can say, we can say that's still an unanswered question, whether or not she knows. Because, she, like, I don't think she's that dumb. Like, we saw her looking at her laptop. Okay, um, but d- you can't say she's that dumb because let's, let's talk about real life. Okay. If you knew somebody was into some witch stuff, your first assumption would not be that witches and magic are real. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, she's a cop. <laughs> Unless she sees, like, hard evidence of magic happening, she's just going to assume that they're, like... I mean, pe- there are witches in real life that aren't doing real magic. Like, let's be real. You know what okay. I mean? Okay, okay, So I fair. think that she would just think she's in some sort of, like, witchy, sisterly cult. Okay. Um, and so maybe she was doing research on, like, their stuff, but not actually thinking that it's legit. Mm. That's that would be my bet if it's supposed to be based on any kind of yeah. reality, you know, and like a practical how a practical person thinks and a PI specifically. Okay, so let's let's figure this out though. How many episodes do we have left? It's a twenty-two episode season. 
Oh, we have so much time left. Oh, my God. We're like halfway through. Yeah. So we have plenty of time for more drama to unfold. Oof. I think that Nico's wedding slash the resolution of like whether or not she gets married or gets back with Mel or whatever will happen this season because her she's getting oh wedding, married in the you're spring. Right, you're right. Oh my if god! If there's that many episodes left, what if that is that? What if that is an episode? What if that is an actual episode? Oh my god! <laughs> what if they get plot A treatment? It's a dream. It's a dream. It could happen. Wow! 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 What is Mel gonna do? Okay, oh, question. Yeah. What would you do if you were Mel? Like, oof. I'd have to, I'd have do? to like make like a hard, clear decision. Like, either go for Nico, break it off with Jada, like try to tell Nico, you know, to like jog her memory or whatever. But I feel like I would feel so awful doing that. So more than likely, I would just like try to completely sever ties with Nico and like. Wow. Just not, I mean, cause that's how it is with like, you know, a break, a normal breakup where both of you yeah. remember what happened. And yeah. I know this isn't like an actual, it's not a breakup breakup in the traditional sense, but I feel like I would just treat it like that. Where like to move on. You just, it's like cold Turkey, like Damn. no contact, no mention, whatever. I also think that if I were Mel, I would try to be more real with myself and realize that I can't really put all of my heart into anything with Jada mm. while I'm still processing this stuff. But yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's what. I would actually do. Mm. I would actually break things off with Jada first. Okay. Because Jada is clearly catching feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, not fair to her. So, like, before I even decided what to do about Nico, I would tell Jada, like, hey, um, like, thank you. I'm having a great time. I really respect you. And I I like you. But this isn't fair to you right now. And I need to take space away. But the problem is that you have to speak, you have to keep interacting with her. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's tough. I mean, Mel put herself in a tough situation. She really shouldn't have, like, jumped the gun on that. You mean jumped the gun on the Nico thing or jumped into the thing with Jada? Into With Jada. Because, oh, I mean, yeah. she's supposed to be, first of all, investigating them as a double agent. And then she gave all that up or whatever. That's fine. But now it's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you literally can't break up and have it be, like... It's going to be awkward, you know, unless Jada's cool about it, but. No. Yeah. I think if I was in her position, I'd like, I'd end the romantic and sexual component of my relationship with Jada right away. Um, All right. Just to be fair to her, because it's kind of like you are stringing somebody along. Yeah, And then you're kind of using them to feel less lonely, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want someone to do that with me. I don't want to be used. I mean, maybe I do, but I don't want to be (laughs) used. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It no, really isn't I, fair though. It's not fair to Jada. So I would probably end things with Jada right away. And then I'd probably try to figure out what is going on with Nico. <laughs> I don't want to I like I don't want to be a home wrecker, but Right. But I would probably like see if I could hang out with her as a friend. Okay. <laughs> Interesting okay. strategy. <laughs> okay. And if I hung out with her as a friend and it was still too, like, painful to keep her in my life even as a friend, I would then I would cut things off. Because I yeah, think the yeah. hard part is, like, you don't just lose, like, a lover. You also lose someone you're very close to and you have a connection with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, is there space for um, Mel to be friends with Nico? And probably the answer is no, but I think, I think so, if yeah. you – I, but I think when the connection is that strong, it's still really hard to let go. Like, not just, like, 
like the romantic or the sexual component, but like the, the deeper emotional connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, maybe I wouldn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'd yeah. like cu- like cut my losses and then be like, whatever, I can have some fun with Jada until I forget about all this business. <sighs> okay, yeah. that didn't well, actually answer the question. It's okay, it's okay. It's an impossible question, and we'll, oh, we're just going to have to see what Mel is going to do Yeah. in the coming episodes, and I'm really excited to see it. But- yeah. Man, you know what? I would like, what would other people do? You know, we never got that poll of like, do people ship Mel and Jada or do they ship Mel and Nico? I was looking on Twitter and I don't know what, like, what's more popular. Which ship is more popular? And honestly, what would people do in this dilemma? I really don't know. Yeah. If if for anybody listening, please let us know what you would do. We would love to hear. What should Mel do? What should Mel do? I just can't think of a way for her to like behave well. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But. Exactly. I mean, but this is this is good shit. So even though we're angry about the show for like, you know, giving us like white straight people sex, we're still getting good dyke drama. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Let us know what you think. If you are as torn up about this as we are, we would so love to hear about this. Are there any fans out there with a theory of what could happen next? Because like, where are things going? We don't know. Please let us know. Um, you can tweet us on Twitter, at QWOCship. Yeah, if you want to DM us, that's cool too. Yeah. But yeah, like we could use some like commiserating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, All right. thanks and tune in next time.